You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. It's your boy Tom here and we are back with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. And will everyone just take a second to acknowledge Gary's delicious flowing locks right here, boy. Golly. Oh, my gosh. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> it, it's a, I can't wait till he cut it because he, he's throwing off like I know, you know, the the he's throwing off. A, how can I say it? Uh, what is his name? What what character did Nicolas Cage play? He's played a lot of characters. Right. <laughs> he has played a lot of characters. I guess you're because uh, you, you can't mean uh, National Treasure because he didn't have long hair in that. So nah, he didn't. I'm I'm talking about uh. uh did he Rick. have? Long, John no, 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 no. He 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 <laughs> is giving off John Wick vibes, but I'm. It was a Nicolas Cage movie. Was it uh? Well, his his skull. Uh, what was it when he would catch her on fire and she was like his his hair was like all like whoop. Ghost Rider? Was his hair long in Ghost Rider? Nope. Was his hair long in Ghost Rider? It was, was not. It? I don't wow. know why I see his hair long in Ghost Rider. Con Air. Yeah. Con Air, yes. You can give me Con Air because that was long hair for sure. Yeah, oh. you're thinking of Con Air. Thanks for the save, Tom. Thanks for the <laughs> damn save. I got you. And uh, speaking of save, I just got to let y'all know we had so many people write into the podcast. That said, they're very mad at us for how little Mortal Kombat story knowledge that we have. <laughs> well, well, I think the thing I'm is, little... we're not going to have it. Like, we don't. We didn't read the comics. We played the video games. They don't right. give you story with the video game, especially the original video games. Right. Well, I guess. Yeah. How they going to give us a hard time on it? Like, what? What is? Did they tell you the storyline? I I didn't even care enough to even go find out what the storyline was. Right. <laughs> I guess it's the same as like when somebody's a big Marvel fan and they get to the movie and somebody's already read the comics. You know, it's just you, you got to take your time to read the backstory if that's something that interests you. But, uh, you know, it's I feel like Mortal Kombat's a little bit different. It's not quite as big as Marvel and DC and all that fun stuff. So we'll give us a pass. <laughs> What's your shirt say, D'Angelo? Chicks dig the what? Chick dig. Chicks dig my ride. Oh, nice. I yeah, like I it. tried to step my t-shirt game up since Gary wear all the like cool t-shirts and stuff. And yeah, he oh, has a duff shirt on from Simpsons. the Simpsons. Yeah. But I mean, obviously my shirt's better than his, but we ain't gonna ooh, talk about ooh. that. Uh don't you, you don't want to get first, into a shirt Gary, on what you did? You do not want to get into I'm, a shirt. Today I won wow. the shirt <laughs> I'm saying, Gary, he wanna know what we did this this. Hold this on, weekend, you know what? Gary. I think we stumbled upon something. I think that every week moving <laughs> forward, we need to have a shirt war. And we'll, I like it. And we we'll, I don't I, I, I can't I hang like with it because I, I know I'm gonna I just win want this one. Yeah, he's gonna win it because I don't have shirts to like. All that, I'm gonna man. say he is, he has some pretty cool. Yeah, I'm just very glad I can't be in it. Yeah, that's what. It, yeah, <laughs> I know. Now that would be a war. No, you can. You just gotta be like, uh, like uh, the neighbor from Improvement. You just gotta cover uh, your face. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you I just like have it. the lower half showing, not the top half. There you go. I like it. One hundred percent. Now it will be a great battle between you and Time Gary. And I don't think you'll win that one for sure, Gary, because his 
I he still think beat. I got him beat because his uh, his are all the same style. Mine's all over the place because mine's all movie references, old TV show references. His are not like that. Well, the ones Here. that I like to it's, wear all the time okay. are different. Well, it's okay. Well, we'll 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 bring it back, D'Angelo. Just to clarify, he always wears, and he's worn this shirt with us at least six different times. He loves oh. the Will Smith Fresh Prince of Oh yeah, that's. That's, my, that's, that's like my, his yeah, go-to. That's a go-to. That's a staple. That's look, a staple. Look, look, he's trying to unload uh, our, you know, ammo out of my okay. out of my clip over here. But don't worry, I wasn't even gonna bring that one just because I know y'all expecting it. I know y'all expecting it. I'm, I ain't worried about it. Don't <laughs> Why be, do we don't, still get that damn shirt? Yeah, we'll still get it. I'll be his first one he wears. <laughs> don't be, yeah. don't be, don't be rude. Like your ravishing Rick Rude T-shirt that you yeah, like to wear. Be, you know, all these nice Jason Ooh, he shirts. Cheddar, chedder bobbing you right now. Cheddar bobbing you. Hey, chedder he, can, he can name all 17 shirts, and I still will have 40 more he's never seen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, this is hey, but you know why, D'Angelo? That's because he's rich. No, it's because all my shirts uh, yeah, cost like $5. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of mine come from Walmart, too. Uh, okay. No. What you do this week? Hey, let's they want to know what you did. Oh, sorry. Damn. I forgot we had a podcast to do. Uh, so we actually had our first scrimmage because uh, I'm helping coach at the, my old high school this year. So we had our first scrimmage. Hey, what kind of coach are you, bro? I got this, this question. year. It's been bothering me. I know you as a player, and you are a shitty motivator, bro. Shitty motivator. <laughs> you don't you don't stretch. You drink sodas. Like, what kind of coach are you, Gary? Can you please tell not not from your perspective, from what the the the, the kids tell you, like, oh, you know, he cool or like he a dick, you know, other kids to tell you to other kids how they feel about you. Like what what's the what's been the consensus around the, the locker room? I would say I would be a coach that you can come and talk to and tell, and I'm not gonna jump down your throat right away. I'm, but I am a guy who's going to make you run afterwards for conditioning because I do believe – because, like, for our team, we so don't have – So, like, all hit. coaches. you just like all coaches. Okay, got it. Makes sense. No, you not just all like of them. No, Yeah, no. They, they all let you come talk to them. Well, I don't – I'm not a yell. I don't yell. punish you immediately or later on. No, you no. Say mine's like, not punishment. Mine's not punishment for running. I just – because we don't have enough guys to play – uh, just enough all guys on offense, all guys on defense, so we have to always play both ways. So I just always have them run a little extra conditioning at the end just so they're always ready. So I don't I don't burn them out. I don't make them run 15 110s or anything. I try to incorporate like a competition. Like last year, I incorporated it – was a, it was basically to the goal line and back, but one person got a head start. If you tagged him, you're done, but the person still got to finish. So you make it like a competition, but while they're still Ooh, running – Rabbit, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like stuff like that. I try to integrate fun aspects into it and just different because it's stuff that I would enjoy when I was when I was a player. I would love like like we did this in Carolina. Our conditioning sometimes instead of doing conditioning, we played ultimate frisbee. That is an amazing conditioning thing because you're yeah, always running and it's fun. Yeah. So like yeah, stuff like that. See, I like that because it's like the fun game aspect. But I'm not a yeller. I don't. I'm not a big yell guy. I'll just I'll correct it and get it going because that's just not my demeanor. I'm not one who yells even on the field. I don't really talk on the field when I was playing. I'm not like a uh, rah rah guy. I'm just more. I'm gonna go out there and do my job, and that's what I did. Right. I, I wasn't so, one of the guys that jumped out of the smoke and did like a yell into the sky or anything like that. Or anything. 
Wow. Okay. I had to ask, man. I mean, because I mean, I, you you taking over a team, and and what's your what what position coach are you? So now I'm doing your, tight ends and fullbacks. Tight ends and fullbacks. Okay, so he's the he's the tight ends and fullbacks coach, ladies and gentlemen. Not only is he, I, I'm impressed. I'm not gonna say I'm proud of him just yet. I'm impressed because he's really been taking this season serious, considering they didn't win a damn game last year. Like not one damn game. Like not like didn't even sniff sniff a damn win in his dedication to these kids. Like and it's probably not his fault. He's probably that coach that said it's not my fault. It's these damn kids. They terrible. But as a coach, I got to keep showing up and proving him that we can win a game. They, that's look. That's it. That's the that that's the floor. Not winning one game. He's serious about it. He had missed a day. I'll call him. He's like, hey, man, I'm at practice. I'm going to have to call you back. So he's taking this serious. I just hope that him taking this serious equals some more damn wins well, this year. And like you, shitty last year. Well, and like you said, I, I, I coached for the kids. It's not for anything else. I'm not doing it for me or anything. I'm doing it to help the kids. I helped them last year. And most of the kids are back. So I want to help them again. And I'm just trying to... I'm trying to convey what we did when I was playing because my sophomore year we were two and eight. We won two games. Then my junior year we went five and five, and then we went eight and two. So like it's it's a process, and we had all young kids on the team. I think we had four seniors total. So everybody's coming back, so they can just improve. And I think that's the biggest thing is just showing that they can improve, and just getting that from the kids. Yeah, improve. You fuckers didn't win a game last year. Exactly. So they can improve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> improvement is winning one game. And that's an improvement. <laughs> <You got to. laughs> I hey, love you. Hey, he's setting the bar realistic out here. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> is that all you did, Gary? Yeah, that's my weekend, you know. And then obviously Mother's Day. We had Mother's Day. So I brought my mom a, a little wind chime that's hummingbirds because that was something that my mom and my grandmother were really big in was the hummingbirds. So I bought like a little wind chime that lights up and is solar powered that she can hang outside for her house and everything. That's hummingbird. So it reminds of, of our grandmother and then her mom. So just, that's what I hung out with her for a little bit. And that's about it. Okay. So that that's going to push me right into what I did this weekend. And it kind of pertains to mother's day. Uh, took the, the wife to, uh, her favorite Mexican spot for Mother's Day. Place was completely packed with everybody taking their mothers and stuff out. And she brought her mother, right? And uh, you know, we had dinner. And it led me to this question because you basically kind of answered it when you was talking about what you were saying. Like, who is Mother's Day for? Is it a day for you to celebrate your mother, or is it a day for you to celebrate all mothers? Because you said I did this for my mother. And she did this for her mother as if it's not your grandmother. <laughs> right. So she's still a mother, but you it's, it's like you omitted her from the plans because she wasn't like your actual mother. So the question is, is who do you celebrate on Mother's Day if you celebrate at all? I, I think you celebrate your your mother. 
and then you can tie in, I guess, your wife because she's the mother of your kids if you have kids. So that's where it can be tied in. Would you do no, I agree. If you had a kid, if your girlfriend had a kid, would you celebrate well, no, her? Would, so I think the way you celebrate Mother's Day for them is you do something with the kids and them. So they're celebrating Mother's Day with their mom. You're not really celebrating for her. You're celebrating for the kids to celebrate it with their mother. You're not really celebrating it for, with your wife for that. It's just like a, a wife wouldn't do for the husband if it was Father's Day unless you have the kids involved. I think that's when you tie in. Well, now it's a celebration of Mother's Day for the wife because the kids are involved. But if the kids are involved, I think it's just for your mother because that's what it's for, for Mother's Day. I, I know some people do it for all mothers, but I would say you're doing your, fir, your mother comes first and then everything else works from there. What you, what you yeah. got, time? Yeah, I think it... Um... You definitely always got to celebrate your own mom, um, you know, because no matter what, that's still your mom. But as you go along, obviously, you're going to have a, you know, grow into the role of the father that celebrate, like, I kind of like, kind of like Gary said, celebrating the Mother's Day for the kids with the mom. Because, you know, whenever the babies are little or they're young, they can't really do as much. And so that's kind of like your role to help them celebrate. Um, until they get maybe a little bit older and then they can do it. Um, I think even, but even then, once you get past the age of where the kids are able to celebrate themselves, I think there's still part of you that wants to celebrate your significant other for being the mother of your children, because that's still been a huge role in your life that they feel. So even though they didn't raise you and they're not technically your mother, they did raise your kids, and you want to show appreciation on that side of the ball. What do you think? Well, and I think that's why it ties into as long as you bring the kids out and then you all celebrate Mother's Day for your wife because now the kids are truly doing it, and you're doing it with them. I don't think you just go do it with your wife and leave your kids at home and celebrate. Mother's. That's this, not this the way to do it. This is, this is an interesting question. You don't have kids, but your girlfriend right. or wife does. Do you celebrate them? I think as long as the kids are involved, yes. I'm talking about based on time, based on what time you said, because he made it seem like they're raising your kids. So if you a stepfather or a stepmother or whatever you prefer, and your wife and or girlfriend has kids, do you celebrate them, Ty? Because technically they're not raising <laughs> your, they're not raising your kids, bro. True. So based th- on your your so uh, situational. I, well, I think in that case, um, you know, if, if you're if you're a boyfriend of a woman that has a child, in that case, you're celebrating them um, for the fact of that they're a mother still. That's still part of their life, their role. Um, and so you would still celebrate that with them. OK. All right. That was What's your feelings? Yeah, I was going to say, let's hear yours. So so I. I see it both ways, and and this is why I see it both ways. Because, like, obviously, my mother's not here, and Mother's Day has always been special for me because she raised me. And not everybody that says, "Hey, that has a kid," is a great mother. Not everybody that has a kid should, in my opinion, I, Mother's Day are for those mothers out there that are doing a great job at being a mother. Like if you you had a kid and you don't want to take care of this kid and you give this kid off or you technically you still had a kid. You still a mother. Technically, I think they're the, it's the duties that come with having a kid that I think that if you don't know for a fact, 
like if I'm I'm coming up on a, a a mom and a dad and they got two or three kids, I'm I don't I'm not gonna be so quick to say, hey, happy Mother's Day. I don't know what them kids going through. It could be pure hell for them. So me wishing them a happy Mother's Day is giving her credit for a job that she may she may be doing all the way wrong. So it's 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 hard for me because you know I know what my mother did. <laughs> This man said she might have been doing the job all the way wrong. Right. You, you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You validate something. That, like, it's like oh, a participation trophy out here? That's what I'm, right. That's what I'm saying. So that's why. See, you over there laughing. I'm being dead serious, bro. I don't think y'all think about these things, but that's why I'm be hesitant on wishing people a happy Mother's Day because you know that's that onus is on the kids. If you if you poll the kids and they be like, oh yeah, you know my mom's doing a great job. You know we happy. Then that's one thing. But you don't have that opportunity to poll them. So that's why I don't I don't throw the quick Happy Mother's Days out there. Uh, I just know how my mother treated me and how her mother treated her. Like you know what I'm saying. Like I I wouldn't do anything for my grandmother. Obviously I wasn't old enough to do anything for her. But like thinking now, like that that onus would be on my mom. And if my mom wasn't here. Then I would do something for my grandmother to kind of take that place to kind of soften that burden a little bit. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of all over the place as it relates to, like, Mother's Day and, and how I think about it. But just throwing it out there just for, like, random people that I don't know and don't know the situation of their kids. I don't wish them a happy Mother's Day because they could, again, they could be going through pure hell. So I want you to keep that same energy when Father's Day comes and people don't wish you Happy Father's Day because they don't know I'm your cool situation. I, I'm cool <laughs> with that. I don't expect you to think that I'm a great father because based on what you said, Gary, you are a horrible father. And if anybody <laughs> say anything to you about Happy Father's Day, that lets me know that they participate in the absentee father that don't want to do anything for their damn kids. <laughs> That's what it lets me do. And you're parenting all wrong, Gary. That's all I'm saying. I'm doing uh, a good job of parenting. I'm having you help raise my kids. Oh, stop <laughs> it. So, <laughs> so after that, uh, we had the Mother's Day dinner. Well, before that, my wife and uh, her mom, they went and they, they put out this, this raised garden. In the backyard, in the garden area where my wife used to... Uh... Hold, on, hold on, hold on, real quick, real quick. So that was the Mother's Day, right? I got one more thing about Mother's Day and then I'll let you go to the next story. Okay. Because I know this is something that a lot of people try and claim. Like, are you considered a Mother's Day or Father's Day if you have a pet or anything? If you don't have kids, if you have a pet or anything. Because some people want to be still considered mothers, fathers, no. or whatever if they have a pet. And no. I don't agree with you saying Mother's Day to anybody like that because that pet's not. If that pet talks to me and says Happy Mother's Day, I'm good with it. I'll say it. Till then, uh, probably not. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something that's probably gonna really piss you off. I don't necessarily think people that adopt the kids should get the moniker of Happy Mother's Day. See, I disagree. The only reason why I disagree because I'm telling your your whole statement was it's based on how you're raising them and how you're doing the motherly duties. If they're doing the motherly duties, then they deserve their Mother's Day. Ah, you're going to fight me with what I'm, I said. That's a fact. Okay. You said that. Okay. So I'm just saying, in that retrospect, because some people that adopt, right. they, they can't, they're they not fortunate enough to have a kid. So they can you're only right. do adopt. So I as long as they're doing my motherly right. duties. Right. You're right. Right. I, you just changed my mind. I don't even have to go into that. But I'm going to tell you before I went into that, the only reason why I was thinking like that is because you would think the first criteria of a Mother's Day would be you would actually have to conceive this baby. 
But I didn't say that. So you're absolutely right, Gary, on on fulfilling the motherly duties. So yeah, you if you've adopted a kid, you are now a mother of of all types. But when it comes to animals, hell no, nah. you get no love right. for them. No, I, I'm not calling to wish you a happy Mother's Day or a happy Father's <laughs> Day or a happy sibling day. Like, no, nah, y'all taking that shit way too far, okay? Way, way too far. And I know people love their animals, but I think that, you know, some of these people that say, you know, dog moms are moms too or whatever, I think they I, I'm, realize. I'm sure, Tom, you're the only one that says dog moms. Oh, no. No, yeah. I've never said that, but I see it posted a lot on social media. Uh-huh. Um, or people talking about how dogs are children too or whatever. So it's like, I think that they'll say that up until they have a kid and realize how much different a child is versus a puppy. I mean, I understand all the love you have for your puppy, but it's uh, a whole new world. And that's that's the thing though, Tom, all the people that are like, Hey, uh, me having a fur baby means I'm a parent. They don't have kids. So they don't understand what it feels like to have kids. And that's why they feel the way that they feel about the animal that they have. And then right. after they do have kids, they find out like that animal that they was praising so much before they had kids falls second or third or fourth to that kid. Because now you're really, really having to take care of somebody else that solely depends on you. There's no training after, you know, with a dog or with a cat, six months to a year, they're completely trained. Now, with a kid, this is a lifetime. You just made a lifetime commitment because things are ever changing and situations are too. I agree. Right. Right. And right. they're a lot more expensive. <laughs> True. I didn't mean to interrupt yes, you, D. Yes. I just wanted to get to that topic. Cause I know that was something that people still try to do nowadays. So I wanted to get our opinions on that. Okay. So, uh, the second part is, is my mom and my, I mean, my, my mother-in-law, and my wife, they built a um, a garden. They built a, a raised garden because mom, she always like, hey, you know, we, we need to get a garden. We need to get a garden. I'm like, okay, cool. You know, we, we did this before and things didn't work out. We started having all these kids and then the garden came up. We had animals. It was a lot going on and the garden didn't make it. The dogs and the kids made it, but the garden didn't. So now we're doing this garden thing over again. And now I got to figure out a way to keep these rabbits and other rodents out of this garden. So I'm a, I'm a build a, a, a fence and I've been sitting outside looking at this garden and trying to figure out like, man, how am I going to build this fence? And I'm, I'm really good with my hands. I don't know if y'all saw the amazing race, but I was in and out with the cello. I was in and out with all the things. Well, I mean, I minus the tile, minus the tile. We, we, and, I've, and, yeah, I've seen you, yeah. and I've seen you in the NFL with your fumbling problems, so I don't know how good you are with those hands, but ooh, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, some haters. Y'all are some lifetime haters. Y'all some lifetime haters, man. I'm a natural winner, man. So now I've, I've, I've kind of gotten an idea on what I'm going to build and how I'm going to build around this, um, around this garden. But this is what it came to me. And, and I don't know if y'all have ever seen this, or if y'all ever heard of this, uh, but like as we're out there and like her mom's like working with the kids and like she's talking and, uh, you know, my, my, my mom's real, like really, really calm with the kids, really patient as hell. And my daughter, I mean, my wife kept saying, you know, stuff to the effect, like when we were kids, you know, blah, 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 blah. blah. And I'm just like, damn. And it prompted me to, to think about this. If this, if this is even possible. Can you be a horrible mom or dad, 
but be a great grand, like a great grandfather or grandmother? Yes. Like, is that even possible? Yes. Oh, what for you sure. About because because oh, you can give sh- you can give the grandkids back. Correct, and you can spoil them all day, and you don't have to worry about disciplining them. You don't have to do any of that. That's the parent's job now. I don't have to do that. So you can let them get away with whatever they want and then put it on the parents to do it. Now you're the great grandparent, and they love you. They always want to be around you. They don't want to be around their parents because of that. <laughs> Bro, that's a shitty situation that's to how be it in. works. For you to not really like your mom and dad and your kids fucking love them, bro, because they're different. And like all of a sudden, so it, it was, it, and it's funny because I talk about uh, my wife's mom all the time. Like I love her to death. And she always combated with, oh, you don't know how it was when we was kids. And she make it seem like, like her mom was just like, like this, like dominant force. And I'm like, you look, old lady like this because she is a very nice lady she was like you ain't see her when she was young when she was my mama and i'm not saying that she was a terrible mom i'm just saying like my her grandkids no wrong i see her and i'm just like dang like stuff why to like hit the roof or flip the table or burned up a couch or something that they didn't did and she just like oh no it's okay and i'm like what it it amazes me how grandmother duties or grandfather duties would seem to be a lot easier than parenting duties and if there was even a a correlation between being a horrible parent but a great grandmother or grandfather that's crazy well like time said they can just give the kids back (laughs) that's the thing is like hey i'm I'm tired i'm tired i need my break here's my day and a half here you go take them back they're they're full sugar they've done this have fun (laughs) yeah that's, yeah, that's, that's it's, a, it's a little bit less of a, I mean, you know, obviously there are some grandparents that do, do play more significant role if they're, you know, close, they live close and they can watch the kids more often. But, you know, for the most part, it's kind of like going to see a celebrity because you don't, you're not there necessarily enough to where you annoy them to where then you're like getting on to you. So it's almost like Instagram. You get to see the highlights of grandma and grandpa because uh, you're not, you know what I'm saying? You're not around them that often. Yeah. So you get the highlights. So you all you all you see is the best of grandma and grandpa, and then they get to give you back, and then your parents have to deal with your ass. <laughs> That's exactly yeah, what I get what you're saying. I and I'm gonna tell you what else I did this weekend. This will be the last thing. And I I may get real upset when I talk about this. Yeah, Gary, I'm pretty fucking sure you probably did this in time. I'm pretty sure you've done this. When you see cyclists out on the street cycling, getting better, getting healthy, trying to get a workout in because they love cycling. I'm a cyclist. I love cycling. Okay. There's certain things that certain precautions that we take as riders. We try to ride in a group because when we ride solo, that's normally when cyclists get hurt or get hit by cars is when they ride solo. Oh, I didn't see you. Well, they saw you and they tried to buzz you or or and didn't know and got way too close and end up clipping you and then you heard they kept going cuz they don't want to stop. When you see cyclists out there, just just give them they just like you would pass a car, pass the cyclist the same way. We're in a group because there's 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 strength in numbers, okay? And there's a lot of things out there that's very detrimental to our health. I'm going to give you something that's detrimental to cyclist health versus anything else, okay? That's really minor for you when you're in the car. You don't even think about it when you're in the car. This is something you don't think about. Things that will kill a cyclist 
that will not kill somebody in a car, a squirrel. A squirrel will absolutely crush a cyclist. Okay, I'm not going to stop there. A rabbit will absolutely crush a cyclist, a deer, a dog. Absolutely crush a cyclist. I'm going to tell you the number one thing that takes cyclists out, outside of pie holes, that, just, that there's one animal that I'm going to see if y'all can guess that take out more cyclists than any other animal out there. What Snail. do you think it is? Snail. I'm going to say a bee. What do you think? A bee. No. No. I say no. a snail because because uh, no. knowing you as a cyclist, you're not very athletic. So you hit it, see a snail, you hit the <laughs> ball. So <laughs> the, the number one thing that takes cyclists out more than anything else. Exhaust. Turtles. Oh. Turtles. Bro. Yes. We on them skinny ass tires. Them turtles when they going across the road because you see a lot of them smash. So if somebody doesn't call a turtle out and they move, bro, a turtle is the worst thing ever on them skinny. T- when you hit them, it's like a speed bump going 90 miles an hour. Bro. Well, first of all, they move so slow. Bro, but you when you in a group ride and if somebody don't call that turtle out, bro, it's worse than Mario Kart. When it comes, <laughs> it's awful, bro. So, so my is question awful. is, if you're at the front and you call out turtle and you got 60 people behind you, how are they supposed to avoid that? Hey, you, we're going to have to figure it out. <laughs> we're going to have to figure it out. Especially if the person in front ain't paying attention. You, you, that's why when you come up to the front, you, you want to make sure you call all the hoes out. You call out all the animals that are in front of you. If you see one deer Wait, run across the whole what? Group, you got to call, call out, out all the hoes. All the hoes. I thought you said call those out. I, I just want people to understand what we're going through as cyclists because I don't think they necessarily see our side. Sometimes I don't think they even give a damn about seeing our side. We're just out here trying to get healthy. We're just trying to stay fit. And not only are we trying to stay healthy and stay fit, but we're trying to stay safe too. So when you see us riding too, and you just like, get over, go in one line. That's not safe for us. You're supposed to give us four feet of passing room. So what we do, we have to take it. So when we're in two lanes, well, I mean, not in two lanes, but we're in, when we have a two pace line and you see us double deep and you just like, dang, if they was in one, I can get by. Yeah, that's 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 OK for you, but that's not safe for us. So just give us a little room. Just think about the cyclists out there, because it could be me. It could be your mom. It could be your dad. It could be your cousin, a distant relative. Just, you know, just keep us in mind as cyclists, because we're dealing with all these other animals, these pie holes and stuff like that. And these loose dogs that ain't no uh, uh, leashes. I'm going to tell you something that us cyclists do that y'all may not understand that we do. You know that pie hole that you've been hitting in your damn car every morning or every night. And you just like, whoa, you show up and that mug finally fixed. It's because some cyclists got tired of hitting it. And they called in and was like, hey, man, you got a pie hole right here. And they're going to keep following up because we want that pie hole fixed. So technically, we the pie hole fixers in your community so let us do our work keep us safe keep us safe like those bees that pollinate and you just like oh i can't stand this pollen that's us we get the pie holes fixed we get that shit done for your community for our community so so keep us safe time i love how he said he is a cyclist we need to put that in air quotes right because he got (laughs) called out for always skipping his cycling not wanting to do the long rides I'm just saying, I don't know when the last time he went cycling. It might have been six months ago, for all we know. But he's a cyclist. 
Oh wow! Right. Here we it's, go. That's like that's like telling somebody you go to church. The only time you go is to Easter and Christmas. Oh yeah, I go to church. Hey, <laughs> 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 right, that's a, that's that's pretty much the same. That's what I'm saying. It's the same as, you, as your cycling. If you're a cyclist, <laughs> nah, I hate y'all. Hey, you know, D, we're proud of you. You know, it takes a lot for someone to pick up something new that they're not good at and continue to do it, uh, even well, though they're for, terrible. First of all, for, whoa, whoa, easy, <laughs> easy, easy. Because I was able to come up with something that I thought was very entertaining that I thought about this weekend, and all I could think about time was you. That's all I could think about time was you when this topic came into my head. So when I went on the bike ride, I went on the bike ride on Saturday and I came home, we did 62 miles with like over 3000 feet elevation climb. And I came in and I was like, whoo, my legs are beating. My wife always said, you go on these group rides and you come in here tired. Like you would think that, you know, you would go on a ride that's kind of like, like cruising and you're not hurting yourself. And it's just like therapeutic and relaxing. And I'm like, nah, that ain't what these kind of rides. She was like, yeah, I'll be competing. I said, look, I'm going to tell you what it's like. Riding bikes in a group is very similar to playing pickup basketball at the Y. And this is what I thought about you, Tom. I said, to a, to a certain extent, this is why. When you play pickup basketball, I still don't understand this, how things get super serious. Like, it's not like anybody going to the NBA. It's not like anybody got D1 scholarships. It's like a collection of guys it is. that came in to work out. And like I and this is the one that get me. When when you foul somebody, they be like, they was like, hey man, stop fouling. I'm like, bro, that's part of the game. Like I can understand if it wasn't part of the game, but like y'all argue about stupid stuff in the wreck. And I'm like, nobody's going anywhere. Like, this is supposed to be therapeutic. When you go into the gym and you work out, this is supposed to be a workout. I don't understand why, like. People keep their stats. Like, I, I be hearing people saying, yeah, man, I went 12 or 13 <laughs> yesterday, man, for the field. I'm like, what? Man, they had a girlfriends and stuff come watch them. I'm like, bro, this right. is wreck basketball. Right. right. This is wreck basketball. But this wreck, what it is. Pick up, pick up. Pick up and wreck are two different things. Bro, bro, it's a it, pick up. It, it don't, it's pick up. Pick up, bro. Pick up basketball. Like, we just came in and said, I want you, 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 and you. Y'all put a team together, and you keep your stats. That's crazy to me, bro. That's cra- and, and, and this is what I think is funny, bro. This this is and this goes back to LeBron James um and, and this new era of basketball players, because I set your ass up and you ain't even know it. This goes back to this new era of basketball game. Bro, the NBA play 82 basketball games, bro. And he talking about load management. The people that play pickup basketball, those some bitches play 365, bro. They know all that stats. You mean to tell me low management in 82 games, time? Tell me something, bro. You mean LeBron James need to sit down because of his age, and I got this 42-year-old that come to the gym every day, bro, and ball for 365 days for free? And you going to have a nerd to tell me that LeBron James is the GOAT? Get do the you, hell out of here. Do, well, first of all, LeBron's not the Get king. out of here, bro. LeBron, LeBron's Get out of here. not the king of low management. basketball games, bro. That's, that's your boy Kawhi. Uh, that's your boy, Kawhi, the king of load management. But my my question to you is, and I already know what you're going to say, is pick up basketball even on the same planet as what professional basketball is? Because you've said college pick football, up basketball, pick college up basketball football is a lot harder. Is not, 
You're, you're so crazy. Dep- College oh, football well, is not even close. It depends. So pick up basketball depends on where you're playing. If you're playing at Rucker Park, yes, it can be on par at times with NBA because it's a lot more physical and there's actually defense at Rucker Park versus just we're just going to shoot the ball every time. And they're only playing to like 11. So you know they're playing full bore for that 11 points. They're not trying to score 170 points. But but there's it's completely different playing pickleball where I can it's not, I can it's casually not jog up the court if I want to, whereas I got to no, worry about no. a coach about to pull me out. It's not structured. I'm not going up against elite athletes in the NBA. It is completely different. Yes, bro, we I used went to, to an NBA. I went to a NBA regular season basketball game, bro, when Yao Ming was playing, and this is what turned me off. Bro, they jogged up and down the court, and Shaq even said it best. He was like, man, I don't play till playoff time. Like, that's when it gets serious for me. I only play one playoff. And I'm like, what? Are you, we got 16 games in the NFL, 17 now, and we got to play each and every one of them just as hard as we played the other one because we don't know how many it's going to take for us to get into the playoffs. Whereas you can kind of – 82 games, you kind of got a, a sense of where you're going to play. And not everybody play hard day in and day out, and the ones that do play hard stay injured. I mean, you look at Russ, you look at uh, – uh, um, uh, dang, his name just – uh, skipped out. Uh, Derrick Rose. You look at these guys that play hard. You did hard. not just say Derrick Rose. God, Derrick, dude. Derrick Rose was the he was the he was a rookie of the year. He was MVP. Right. He was the MVP of the entire league. Right, but where he so, was. So I mean, I, I'm <laughs> saying when he was playing that style of basketball, he was hurt. He kept staying hurt. That's why he hadn't been able to match what he did when he won the rookie of the year and the MVP is because you can't play that hard for 82 games day in and day out because you're not that athlete that's built like that Rucker Park athlete that played 365 days a year. So, so this brings up a good point, though, and I want to hear Time's response first because obviously everybody's talking – like I've seen a lot of people talking about it recently. What's harder to win, an NFL championship or an NBA championship? We're talking about NBA, so you're talking about the seasons in 16 games. Well, now it's going to be 17, and then you have your 82 in basketball. So, Tom, you start us off and let us know, what do you think is harder to win, an NBA championship or an NFL championship, and well, why? To, to me, there's two, two ways to look at this. In general, just in general, I think it's harder to win a uh, NFL championship uh, for an individual because it's more of a team game and individual can have uh, only so much impact whenever you can only play one side of the ball. As far as if you take it as like, Hey, for a team, maybe I'm not the best team in the league uh, versus the best team in the league. It's, it's easier for someone that's not the best team in the league to win a, a, a NFL championship because more times than not, the best team is going to win in the NBA in a best-of-seven series. In the NFL, anybody can win one game and, you know, go on a hot streak and win the, the Super Bowl. So I think as far as the individual, it's harder to win one in the NFL. If you're a lesser team trying to win, I think it's easier in the NFL to win. So I guess it depends on what you're asking from what angle, like which way is it easier? No, it's just in general. What's easier to win, an NBA championship or NFL championship? Right. In, ge- in general, I would say I would say uh, NFL just because there's more that goes into it, more people you have to rely on to be good uh, for you to win. And most times you're only playing one side of the ball. Uh, that's what I would say. D- oh, okay. Spoke, spoken like a true fucking rec league 
uh, pickup day basketball player is you gonna go with basketball because you were never good no. at football. He well, chose cool, football. Huh? He said it's football. Cool. What? No, 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 yeah, you no, ain't no, even no. listening. So you were with football. You said football's harder. Yes, I said football is harder uh, in general. I said basketball is harder if you're the worst team to win because you can't. It's it's harder to win a best of seven series when you're not the better team versus NFL. You can oh, win one game, uh, but in general, I'd say football I don't take back anything I said though. I'm, I don't take it back at all. I'm gonna leave that out there. I felt like I, I needed to put that in the universe. <laughs> I need to put that in the universe because that's just how I felt. <laughs> But I'm I'm going with time. It's harder in the NFL to win a championship than it is in the NBA because you can lose a game in the NBA and come back and correct those issues. Where you lose a game in the NFL, it's over with for you. It's one and done. So you literally have to go on a three-game win streak or a four-game win streak, and that's very tough in this league because once they have tape on you, it's really we're creatures of habit. We're going to do the same thing. So now it's about play calling and how can you execute your plays better than this other person. Whereas you in the NBA, one guy can take over a game. Like literally, he can get hot at the right time and be blazing, and you could just you could skate through. Like I, I don't see anybody beating the Brooklyn Nets in a best of seven series. I, I don't see it. Do I see a team that can beat them if they were going one game series? Absolutely. But in a seven game series with no injuries, oh, there's no way. And and that was the same thing I thought about when when the Warriors they had KD and everybody before everybody got hurt. There's nobody that that I thought in my mind that could beat them in the best of seven. And I mean I know times gonna say you know the three one when they came back and won LeBron, but well not with you know. KD. With KD, I don't think there's any team that's ever been formed that could beat that team in the best. Of that, seven. That's what I'm saying. In the best of seven, there's just there's just it's just too easy. And and that's the only reason why I say that it's harder in the NFL than it is in the NBA. Because you could have a cast of all-stars on the offense and the defense in the NFL, but if you come up and you just don't play well one day, then your season's over. And y'all basically said everything for me. I don't really have to say much. I agree yeah. with both of y'all. I, like what you just said at the end, where you said you could have a team of all-stars on offense and defense. And they could be a team of bubble players on the other, and they're in the Super Bowl. Yeah. It could be one fumble loses you the game, and yeah. they, you still could have played good. It wouldn't even matter. A turnover, that's all it takes. Like you said in basketball, one person can win a championship. One person can get you to a final, but one person's not going to get you to a Super Bowl. That's just not going to happen yeah. in yeah. football. And one person's not going to get you to the playoffs most 99% of the time. So I mean, that. Prime example is the Patriots that went sixteen and zero. That's, I to me that's the best team I've ever seen play uh, NFL football, and they didn't win the Super Bowl. You know because and it's, it didn't. It wasn't just one catch, but that one catch. Uh, who, who was it? The David, David Tyree. Tyree. Yeah, David Tyree. That hand of God to catch that one ball. Oh, and Eli Manning escaped the sack like that one play in a bubble lost the Super Bowl for the Patriots because if they get that right. sack, it's over. You know what I'm saying? Well, you, could also, you could also say the Seahawks instead of handing the ball to Marshawn right, through it. Right, right, right. Yeah. So it's just, you know, that's how that's how small the uh, room for error is in football to where you can lose the Super Bowl even though you're clearly the better team. It's just, you know, every dog has their day type, type thing. That's why everybody loves the uh, March Madness tournament because, you know, anybody – Right, one and done, everybody can lose. 
And that's why I say I think it's actually harder for uh, the lesser team to win in the NBA is because best of seven, more times than not, the better team will win. I, I agree. And like in, even D alluded to it. In basketball, you can be down three or one and still come back. So like you could still have a chance. Right. You, can, you can be down forty. You can be down forty-two points in one game. Come back the next game and beat the team. You're down forty-two in the NFL. You're done. There's no right. ifs, ands, or buts. It's over. But I do have one thing. I know D. We never want to talk about LeBron. I don't like talking about. I just got one question for time. I do not want him to dive into it. I just want more of his response to that. Not a dive in. Uh, I saw your post on Facebook about the play-in stuff. My only question is. Because I know LeBron complained about the play-in because he's going to be in the play-in this year, probably. And he was not last year. So do you think he still brings up the same thing? He might not have been asked a question. He might have been asked a question. We don't know. But even if he was asked a question, he was the one seed. Do you think he has the same feelings about the play-in if he didn't have the opportunity to be in it? Right. And that's nothing I won't ever be able to know. But, you know, the whole issue I had with this problem was the the – the, the care that was going on. You say you want me to dive into it, but <laughs> I have to just dive a, Just into a miney dive. I know right. I've read a your stuff. Dive. I know. A mini dive. So <clears throat> essentially what I said is this season and last season were two completely different animals. Last season, No, it wasn't. It's the same season. It's the same no, fucking season. Before. No. Last season got cut short unexpectedly. People, not every team had played the same amount of games. And LeBron only brought up the people that were fighting for the eighth seed. He didn't bring up, oh, well, these are the last two in, let them all fight it out. It was all people that were fighting for the eight seed, whereas this year, the seven and the eight seed, after a full schedule, although it is um, you know, shortened by 10 games, everyone knew they were playing 72 games this year, uh, it, and they're playing a full schedule. Everyone plays the same amount of games. 72 games is not a full schedule. I know. That's what I said. I said it's a full schedule known, even though it is shortened. I said that. Well, I need you to pay attention. Stop playing on your phone. And Le- LeBron, I, 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 I am paying attention. I just, <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. I, I just want to make sure you understand. You said that the difference is this is a full season, in your defense full, of why uh, it makes sense. A known full season, and even though it was shortened by ten games, I said that. Okay. So well, that ten games, you, you get it. You get those ten games back by the play-in. And so now back to work. That that's a full season. So right. I don't understand what your argument is. And it's the seven and eight seed that are in this play-in tournament, whereas you have a ten seed that could be six games behind, and and because of this play-in tournament, they could lose. Now I don't know if LeBron, if he's in the first seed and doesn't have to worry about playing it. Like I said, he probably doesn't get asked the question. But he hasn't been – I haven't heard I haven't heard any other quotes about his feelings on the tournament. I have seen where Luca and Mark Cuban said that they hated the idea already. So I'm guessing it's probably a general consensus amongst NBA players that they don't really like this, this idea. But we will never know because we were not in that situation exactly how it's handled. But all that to say is last year's situation, last year's LeBron quotes are completely different than what he said this year, and you're not going to be able to convince me otherwise. Well, you wouldn't be able to convince you with anything, LeBron, because you just won't ever disagree <laughs> with anything that goes against LeBron, which is fine. You're that's your prerogative. You're that brainwashed. That it's is good. not true. That's not true. I do love Lebanon Reigns, so though. Lebanon Reigns. <laughs> but but look, the whole thing with that, like you said, it was a shortened season. This is a shortened season. 
a lot of players played actually more than 72 games last year. Some teams played 73, some played 74, some played 68. So like, it's still not that much of a shortened season. So I, I just, I don't understand. I don't agree with even making a comment, but Hey, it was fine last year. It's whatever. We'll do what we got to do this year versus saying somebody needs to be fired over. I just didn't like the way the quote was. I think if he did a different way, especially with, I know you say his stuff was different, but the way he said it last year, like, Oh, they deserve an opportunity. And now he doesn't think people deserve an opportunity. He said that people should get fired over it. I just don't think the way it was said should have been done that way. That's all. I think he could have said it a lot better, even if he disagreed with it. Versus saying this shit's whack or whatever, and, and we need whoever did it needs to be fired. And it's, well, I, looking at it's LeBron, everybody's going to criticize because of what he said last year. That's normal. You know that's going to happen. So I don't here's, know. Just, here's a question I raised to a friend of mine while we were smoking a cigar, and I want to get y'all's get y'all's analysis when it comes to the world 2020 2021. Can you name me two more polarizing people in today's world than Donald Trump and LeBron James? Biden. I don't think he reaches that level. I don't think he does because he does for the right. Right, but people don't post about him and talk about Tucker him like Carlson. they do. Tucker yeah, Carlson. Tucker Carlson. Tucker, Tucker Carlson. But I, don't, I don't think as many people... I don't think as many people know who Tucker no, Carlson you said, is. You said name two more. We, we're naming them. You, you I know, but I'm saying, but, I'm saying, but that, that are the exact, that like have that level of publicity and have that level of like star power. Jordan. Stephen A. Smith. Stephen Jordan. A. Smith. I don't think Jordan is, Jordan's not polarizing though to where people either love him or hate him. I'm talking about people like that oh, are you super talking famous. About that the mood changes. Like, okay, right. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Right. And I'm saying. saying that like move the needle. And you either really love them or you really hate them, and it's hard to find people that can have a middle ground. Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, Logan Paul. I don't Paul, think they're the uh, same. Jake I don't Paul. Think, I don't think they're the same level. I'm talking about they have the same level of starting to where billions of people would know who they are, and it's just like because I I bet I could go in there and Cynthia asked Cynthia. I bet she don't know who Jake Paul is, Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. I bet she does. I bet she knows who Lo- Jake, Jake Paul and Logan Paul are. I know, I don't think yeah. she does. But I know she hey, has I, and LeBron. <laughs> I, I do. I do have to say this though, because we didn't. We didn't have a chance to talk about it, and I really want to talk about it now. It's going to go a little bit serious, but I, I, I kind of want to know your thoughts and where you come from. So LeBron James, when the the young lady uh, was uh, was shot, when you know she had the knife in her hand, uh, I think it was in Minnesota. I want to say, or uh, in Minnesota. Uh, LeBron James was quick to tweet, uh, you're next, hashtag accountability. Do you agree or do you disagree with people saying that he needed to apologize for the tweet that he didn't turn took down? I, I We didn't talk about this when it happened. So because we're talking about LeBron and how polarizing he is, I think this fit perfect. Right. I can tell you how I feel about it, but I kind of yeah. want to know what you feel about it because – it you are the LeBron James fan time because right. it's going to be probably completely different from Gary and I. Okay, go ahead. He's saying you go ahead. He wanted you to start. Yeah, do you? I, oh. I, I, I'll, I'll I'll go first. I, I'll go first if if you want me to. I don't see anything wrong with him tweeting that because I took it as this when he's accountability. It was just on the heels of Derek Chauvin's case in terms of him going to jail for wrongfully 
killing another unarmed black person. Uh, he didn't obviously he didn't know all the case, but a lot of people took it as if he was saying that this cop was next to be killed when clearly it wasn't nothing, nothing like that. It was him being convicted of killing an innocent person. Him, hence him saying accountability. I don't know why he took the tweet down. I would have left it up and said, hey, look, I got the facts wrong. Um, uh, he's not going to jail because I can see what's going on in this. But it doesn't take away from the fact that where the tweet originated from, it originated from a, a good place. I mean, we've all had those tweets that either don't age well or, um, you know, you, you're trying to get the facts out because if you're the first one to say something, then you get the most likes or you get the most you get the conversation started. You see what I'm saying? So I don't see what LeBron James did was wrong. But there's a lot of people out there that want an apology from him from an athlete, which I think is was crazy because now he's become the face of social injustice as it relates to everything and anything basketball. And that's something that I don't think Michael Jordan would have ever done at the time he did it because he was selling sneakers. That's the only thing that I have to say LeBron James is that that's where he differs from. Right, because uh, Michael Jordan has a famous quote from my understanding that uh, Republicans buy sneakers too. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, so my take with that is I even as the biggest LeBron fan at, on the podcast, obviously, I think that tweet was really out of pocket for him. First of all, I don't have any problem with his speaking, his opinion on – um, you know, stuff that's going on in the world or talking about what he feels or what he believes. You can't, say, you can't say you don't care about it and then you finna tell me you care right after you say that, though. What? You said, I don't care about him speaking his mind. That's He spoke his mind at the time he thought that was going on and you're going to tell me that you right. disagree but the, with here, him speaking here's, his mind. Here's, here's the difference. The difference is a situation like that where you don't have all the facts and you don't know what's going on and you, you rush to a judgment because of the amount of followers you have, it can, re, it can lead to certain reactions and enticements. It's the same criticism I had for Trump, and that's why I paralleled them to each other. Trump was known for getting on Twitter and inciting his crowd to do certain things. And that's what pisses me off about everybody that got mad about LeBron with the year next. It's the exact crowd that Trump was firing up with all his tweets, you know, because it's, this is okay. called what it is. It's the, it's the Trump-loving MAGA crowd that hates LeBron for his politics. And so anytime they get a chance to jump on LeBron for something with his politics, in this situation where you didn't hold the president accountable for his Twitter fingers, but you want to try to hold LeBron accountable for his Twitter fingers, when he's not even in close to the same position, yes, he has a very big platform, and he needs to be responsible with that platform, but it's nowhere near the same platform as being the president of the United States. And y'all want to hold him accountable, but not Trump accountable. And I'm not even like, I'm, 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 I'm a conservative. I'm not even on the like left-wing side of the situation. But I'm, I can call out people for what it is. If you got to hold one accountable, you got to hold the other accountable. You can't pick and choose because you agree with this person and not this person. So that was the whole thing that frustrated me with about that is, yes, I didn't agree with him saying that he should have waited He's got too big a following, and knowing the tension that comes from that situation to just rush and jump to that was out of pocket for me. But if you were not one that held Trump uh, responsible for stuff that he tweeted that caused, you know, riots and stuff like that and, you know, cr crashing the Capitol, whatever you want to call it, if you believe that was Trump or not, 
Like, if you didn't want to hold Trump accountable for that, you have no room to say anything to LeBron about his tweeting. So I think both of y'all said it pretty well. I think it's very easily everybody should be held accountable for whatever they put on social media, all that kind of stuff. And are you serious, Gary? What? Regardless of how big your platform is, you should be responsible for what you put on social media. If it incites something, yes, hundred percent. Like, like and that's why when you're saying with the LeBron thing, like you brought up how he put accountability as the hashtag. Well, he wasn't accountable because he didn't know the facts at that time. He sh- once he'd known the facts, if he would have if he would have known the facts of the situation and then put the same thing, then I'm fine with it. Because he got all the facts before he jumped to the conclusion. That's where you're holding yourself accountable of getting all the information before you jump to conclusions. And I think we do that as a society on everything. We want to, like you said, D, everybody wants to be the first to do it. So everybody wants to be the first to jump to conclusions and be like, I told you it was this. I knew it. It was me. I was the first one. But you don't have any of the facts on so many things. Everybody just jumps down. Oh, this is what it is. This is what it is. You have no idea what's going on, what's true, what, anything behind it, until all that information's found out. And that's on everybody. Everybody, nobody is held accountable for anything, and they should be because a lot of people just say and do things and tweet things and whatever without any proof or facts or knowing the story of any situation and they just put it out there like it's true and then it picks up. And when you have big followings like Trump or you have a big following like LeBron, other people are going to think that's true. This is what it is. And then it skews the actual truth of what actually is. Now you have different sides all fighting with each other. And then you have like, oh, this guy says it's this. Nope, it's this is what it is because the person they said this is what it is. Now they're all different in opinions and then we have more conflict. So I think that's the biggest thing is people don't, take the time to find out the truth before right. they just say something. And that's the, that's the most frustrating part because people just want to jump out there and, and say something so they have their voice out there without knowing anything yet. And that's in every realm. And, and, and this is – it kind of dives back into the topic that you brought up, Gary. And I, I mentioned this in my post on Facebook about the whole LeBron situation with the, the comments from last year versus this year. Like I said before, the same people that were giving LeBron crap about – uh, saying that you know he was backing off of his words and uh, you know contradicting himself. That's the same people for the past four years that have hollered that Fox or that CNN is all about fake news and that if you look at the context of what the president said uh, when he said it, it's completely different. But when you put two quotes up next to each other, uh, it looks bad. But that's not the context. Context like they've been hollering context Correct. at me for four years, and then when a situation like this pops up, they don't give a damn about context. They just see the quotes and they're going to go off of that because, like I said, if it fits your bias, you're going to run with it. If it doesn't, you're going to go back and find the context and show you, no, hey, see, this is what this is what's important. You know, it's a. That's why I think there's so many parallels between Trump and LeBron, and it's crazy to think about. Which, which that's the way, reason why I brought that up with the post, because I, I saw people saying context, all that kind of stuff, and I wanted to try and put a little bit of context on how I just think it needed to be said a different way. And the way he went about saying it was wrong, not that he said it, just the way he went about and the way he, what, he, what the words he used for it is what right. was, I, didn't, I didn't think was right. Right. And, and I didn't. Just, I didn't. I didn't see anything wrong with it at all. I, I have no problem with it uh, because he was basing it off of it was one of those things where if it walked like a skunk, 
it looked like a skunk, then it got to be a skunk. I'm like, oh, shit, it was a cat. My bad. I, I, I was wrong this time. That was on me. But, you know, all the other times I was right. We're talking right, about two different things right now, I think, though. Are you talking about a tweet, I think? Are you yeah, talking, I think about talking about the tweet? I think we were talking about the press conference. But he was he was getting back into our original point. But yeah, but CD, yeah. but that that's yeah. all well I was and just good. It but, full circle. but when your when your platform is as big as LeBron's is, I just don't think you can be that reckless with a tweet like that because you don't know what could what, what that could cause. And that's awesome. Because what's to say? If somebody that's out there was like, yeah, I'm tired of it too, LeBron, and they go out and find that cop and shoot him or something, and they were like, oh, well, LeBron, you know, I was fired up because LeBron did this, you know, then the world's going to be looking at LeBron like, damn, did you really, you know, fire this man up and it wasn't even the situation you thought it was? I'm not saying that you got to hold LeBron accountable to that degree, but that's kind of like essentially what you're getting at. It's, it's like you have such a big following. You have an ability to when, – when you speak, people listen. And it's just it would it, to me it would be better if you were just more uh, careful as far as knowing the situation, knowing the facts before you go out there and spray. Because he has done that when asked about China, he's like, I don't know enough about the facts to talk about China situation. Right. So he's done it before where he held right. it. So and yeah. but real quick, I, so I text Cynthia while we've been doing this and asked her, do you know who Logan and Jake Paul are? She goes, I think Logan Paul got famous on Vine and Jake is his brother. I said, do you know what they're famous for now? She goes, no. I said, I, she goes, well, I know you said that Logan was on the wrestling show and that everyone hates him, but that's about it. So she has no clue that they're boxers right now. So that's why I'm getting at like they're not big enough to where people like know exactly who they are and what they do. Speaking of which, it brings me to this question, and it's a sad day because I know we've talked about boxing in the the past. As far as I think that Mayweather's the best, D'Angelo's wrong. Um, but did y'all happen to see the press conference where Floyd Mayweather and Jake Paul are getting into it, um, and Jake Paul steals his hat and runs off like a little kid? Do you think that was old school Vince McMahon wrestling promo shoot, or was that real tension right there? Uh, I don't think it was real. I, I so, good, good, D. If you want, I, I, I don't, I don't think it was really. I was going to talk about just the how everything even shaped out, and even how we even got to this point because you said it on one of the podcasts, like. You know, he, he needs to box a real guy to see if he if he's really a boxer, he's going to box Mayweather. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not even going to – Tom, you said something that absolutely floored me during this podcast. It's really, really come full circle. Why is boxing a great sport? Why is football a great sport? Why is soccer around the world a great sport? Why is any of these sports that are successful a sport? And here we are. We have conversation after conversation about women's basketball not making it or women's something not making it and, and fans not being entertained or fans not being there. Fans, fans, fans is something that I always like to me. If you have a fan base and you're an influencer, which Logan Paul and Jake Paul are, because Tom said it best, when you have a large platform, you have a responsibility. Well, Logan and Jake have a large platform and they built it from the ground up, not because they were great athletes, not because they nobody knew them for their their athletic prowess. Even if they were athletic enough to do anything, they wasn't good enough to make it on the circuit. 
But what they were good enough to do is make a name for themselves through Vine and through these social media things where people wanted to know more about them. They got this huge platform and they go to Triller and now they're hosting their own boxing promotions and stuff like that. And they're, they're setting themselves up to make millions and millions and millions of dollars, whether they're good, whether they're okay, or whether they're bummy because they can put seats in the damn, they can put asses in those seats. Because people want to see them, and they want to see them be good. But either way, they want to see them enough where there's a supply and demand. That's how it's always been. Boxing wouldn't have been great had it not been a lot of people in the stands wanting to see it. Maybe it wasn't because it was great boxing. Maybe it was because of the ambiance. I know when Conor McGregor fought uh, Mayweather, those tickets for those that fight was stupid. And we know that uh, Conor McGregor had no chance. But because it was two phenoms from different sports and we followed them both that had our ass in those those seats gear that for that reason, because we was like, oh, this is going to be legendary. It'll never happen again to now know that, no, there's everybody doing crossover. There's there's YouTubers that are boxing right now. And, uh, you know, there's ex basketball players that are now basketball players like Nate Robinson when he stepped in the ring. These YouTubers that have, you know, 100 plus million people following them that they know that they can fill the stands up of 50,000 or 100,000. That's what sports has always been. It hadn't been about the, 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 the level of games. It hadn't been about the level of competition. It's always been about the, 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 the pageantry behind it. That's what it's always been. Like, oh, I'm going to go to this game. It could be a game that absolutely sucked where it was a 6-9 to nine game and people, some people have come out of there saying that that's the best game that they ever saw. And then the people were like, dude, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. They suck. Cleveland Browns fans, you was there, Gary, you know. Uh, like, they, they, every year, you co- but the, it's, it has nothing to do with how good their team is or how bad their team is. It's just the loyalty. It's them coming back. They like the, the experience, the fan experience, being around other people, the fans, being around other people that have a genuinely interest in the same person that I'm watching so we can talk. That's why we do wrestling. We don't do wrestling because it's great. We do wrestling because people can speak our language when we go sit in those stands and we just like, oh, yeah, that's dope. That's the adrenaline that it gives us. And that's this is the new wave of boxing. And it's going to try. It's going to probably be the new wave of any other sport, whether it's softball, whether it's rapping, whether it's stuff like that, because that's what it's moving towards is being that influential person or being an influence in the community, whether it be through TikTok, whether it be through uh, any level of social media. That's where we're going. These these shows that are coming out like Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai started off on YouTube as something that they did. And now it's a huge phenomenon with Netflix. So it's just people showing their artistic ability and putting it on display. And once you put it on display and you get you capture that audience, then you you free to do whatever it is you want to do with that audience and make hella money doing it. And that's why this is the future of sports as it relates to where we're going in the future. So thank you to come into the D'Angelo Williams TED Talk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Hey, that's one of his famous soliloquies right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, and I think, I think you hit it on the nail. It's all about the entertainment. You, you can't even argue with it. You can't argue no, with like, it. No, like it's all about entertainment. Sports is always about yeah. if it entertains you, yeah. people are going to watch it. It doesn't matter who it is. We can stand up here and say we hate it. I won't watch the Mayweather Paul fight. I just I have no interest in it. It doesn't entertain oh. me. I don't want to watch. I would love to just. I'll see the highlight of Mayweather knocking him out. I'm good with freedom. That. 
Exactly. Yeah, I'm not gonna pay to watch it. Like I'll right. see the highlight or something like right. that. I'm just not gonna do that because it doesn't entertain me. It's the same thing with sports nowadays. Like obviously, I we played football forever. I'm not entertained watching NFL football anymore because I saw the business side of it and it turned yeah. me off of it. So I don't watch as much NFL football. I don't watch as much sports because I'm not entertained by watching it. I'm more entertained by playing it or doing it versus actually watching it. So you're not gonna. I'm not gonna pay for those type of things. Like you say, it's all about if your your entertainment value, and I think that's what sports are doing. And I'll give it to the Paul brothers; they know exactly how to draw people in and how to bring in the money. That's that's power to them. I still don't like them. I don't think they're good people. I don't I don't like their the, their way they do things. It's not for me. But hey, if somebody else wants to pay for it, so be it. That's up to you. As long as you're entertained, that's all that matters. And but I do I do only thing I disagree with is like. Because boxing is such a traditional old school sport, it was always about entertainment, but it was always about who was the baddest guy, who was going to win, who was. We already know the outcome of, of most of these boxing matches that are actually like we know the outcome. So like, there's no, no spectacle to be like, oh, who's going to win? We know Mayweather's going to win. There's no if Andrew, right. but Mayweather's not taking a dive like Ben Askew might for a million dollars. Mayweather's right. not tarnishing his 50 and 0 record. He's right going to embarrass. He's going to play around like he did with Connor, and when it's time, he's going to knock him out like he did with Connor. That's right. just what he's going to do because he wants to make the money. Mayweather's all about money. He knows what he's Absolutely. doing. He knows how to do it. If he can make 50 million dollars doing this, he's going to do it because why not? It's an easy victory. He knows they have no chance. So. Right. I, it, I I do think it is a step back for boxing if they keep highlighting these things just for the box for the actual boxers out there because they're not getting the recognition that they deserve that's getting taken from them by influencers, YouTubers I, that don't I, deserve that recognition. I, I love it. I absolutely love it because it shifts the pendulum from the boxing associations to Triller and people just putting on fights and stuff on their own because Jake Paul and Logan been doing this for a while. And nobody's taking notice until Nate Robinson got knocked out. And we was like, oh, shit. He out here knocking out ex-basketball players. Like, whoa. Five, two. But still, I understand what you're saying. I'm just talking about just getting recognition. Yeah. That was everywhere. The memes turned into to stuff. And people were like, oh, okay. Like, 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 like. Follow, 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 follow. Repost, repost, repost. Later, now it's Mayweather versus Jake. We we earned that. Or is it Logan? Is it Logan or is it Jake? I, it's Jake, I right? don't it don't matter. It's they're they're losing. Yeah, it's one of So yeah. Logan, Logan is the one fighting Mayweather. Jake is the one who knocked out Askew. So like, right, we... right, yeah. So we we know that they're not great boxers. We we we're not saying that they're great boxers, but they're good enough to capture the eye of Floyd Mayweather. Him saying it's an exhibition because I watched the interview after, and he said, "Look, this is not a a sanctioned fight, so this doesn't go against my record." This is an exhibition, and I'm getting an opportunity to make 50 million plus in an exhibition, Gary, in an exhibition. But not not only are they making this amount of money, but after the pay per views start flowing in, Triller's gonna make their money, and after Triller make their money, and these fighters make their money, guess what? We're starting a, a, a new situation to where now, you know, I saw Ocho Cinco tweet out, "Hey, I'm ready." Uh, Ocho Cinco's right. fighting on the undercard. He's in the right. undercard. Like, so there's guys that think that they have hands that play football that may have hands. I don't know. We've never taken them serious. This is the this is the equivalent of an actor or a singer trying to cross over and do something else. Like John Cena, when he crossed over into acting, people was like, ah, I don't know how smooth that's going to be. So we didn't take his acting serious. Same way with The Rock. 
We didn't take it serious when he first crossed over because we was like, yo, you a wrestler, stay in your lane. Well, now this is giving them an opportunity that, you know, they've been in boxing for a while and this is their opportunity to step up and say, hey, look, I've always been able to do this. Here's my time to shine. And they now have a platform to do that. And I salute them for it. And I salute, you know, like JJ said, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. That's Floyd Mayweather through and through. And, And so, but here's the thing about, you just talked about the crossovers. If we learn anything as WWE fans for that brawl for all, is that just because you might have a nice punch, you might be nice in bar fights, you might be able to knock people out cold that are big and bad, like old Bart Gunn, but when you get into a ring with a boxer, it is completely different than a, bar, a bar fight. Boxing and like fighting are completely different things. And you will get worked by someone that is trained to box if you are not a boxer. It's because the technicality of boxing is just so crazy and beyond what you'll find with someone that's just in a regular street fight. So if you got hands, that's all well and good. But if you ain't trained to use those hands in a boxing fight, boxing match, you're going to get destroyed. And I think that's and I think what they're doing right now is Mayweather's going to fight Logan Paul. I think Mayweather's going to destroy him. But then the narrative's going to turn to, well, Jake Paul's actually the boxer because he's the one that actually has been knocking people out. And they banned him from the fight. <laughs> and they banned him from the fight. Right. And so th- they're going to double up on this money. We're going to get this money from the Logan Paul fight that we know he's going to win because we know he has no chance, even if he is a heavyweight compared to Floyd Mayweather. But technically, he's not going to be able to – he's not even going to be able like people that were trained in boxing couldn't touch Mayweather – Logan Paul's not going to be able to touch Mayweather. I'm sorry. Not only that, so they're going to double up. They're going to have him fight Logan Paul, and then they're going to come full circle and fight Jake Paul. And I'm sure Jake Paul might have another fight in between where he finds somebody else that he can knock out. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he just goes straight for the money. But it's all about making money, and you can't knock the hustle because if there's people that are willing to pay to watch, then go ahead. It's all, And you know what it is? It's all about creating FOMO these days, fear of missing out. Because if you're going to make an event, you want to talk about it. You want to be able to talk about it with your friends. You want to be able to talk about it with your boys when you grab a beer and you're like, shit, that fight about to go down. Who y'all got? You know, it's just, it's just all right. about creating that. It's just, you know, and that's and that's like with these, you know, that's what's going on with these cryptos. You know, SafeMoon is such a really great investment, but like Doge, that's what's I happening. Hate how, I hate how you always get back to SafeMoon. I hate how you always I'm in with SafeMoon, so I can't hit, knock it. <laughs> all right, well. Boy, I tell you. <laughs> I had to get my safe. Let's just end the damn podcast right right there. Hold hold up, Tom. Hold up before you end it right there. Hold up before you end it right there. I have to say this, and I'd be remiss if I didn't say it. Dude, this season of Serve the Story that's animated, that's going up this Thursday, is absolutely incredible. I cannot make this up. Tom, you did a great job on this. Uh, I remember listening to it back in the days. And thought, man, like, oh, this is going to be dope. But seeing it animated uh, is unreal, bro. My kids watched it and they were tuned into it. So if you guys uh, hadn't, you know, seen any of our Serta Story stuff, it's on our YouTube channel on the Cinnamon and Sugar podcast on YouTube. Go to our channel, subscribe, and check this one out that's dropping this Friday. It is absolutely amazing. Because but you like, go ahead and end the time. I just well, had to say that. You did well, a great like you, job on this one. Like you said, D., if you have kids, you're going to be glued to the screen on this one because the kids are going to love it. Right. It's, it's the love in basketball. 
episode that's coming up. Uh, I don't know if you guys have, if you heard that start of the story, but it, it's it's just set up perfectly because it was set up as almost like a Disney movie already. So it just fits right in with the animations, and so it just it just brings it to the next level of you know because it fits so well with the fact that it was already an animated concept. So definitely check it out. We'll be dropping that this third. Wait, wait. What's our new day? We drop it now. Friday. Fridays. This Friday. We're dropping that this Friday. The new Serve the Story animation by our boy Nick Will make it. Uh, and then we will be back next Monday with another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Ain't that right, D'Angelo? All the mothers. Happy mothers. All the mothers. <laughs> you may, may not feel like that, but we send all the mothers. Happy late mothers. Uh, and like Tom would say, we out! We out! You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits.